genre. Hey, Scott, Point Break or Bad Boys 2? Which do you think I'd prefer? No, I mean, which one do you want to watch first? Hello and welcome to the Cornetto Minute Summer Hiatus Edition. Uh, my name is Nick Jimenez. With me, as always, is my co-host Scott Corelli. <laughs> we've we've never done it like that, uh, <laughs> never ever. Uh, who who <laughs> are you? Know. What what am I doing yeah, here? Yeah. God, wow! I'm really I'm really <laughs> rusty. Uh, yeah. This is this is surprising. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so we're we're starting this new uh, summer series. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, and we are getting ready for uh, part two of the Cornetto trilogy. And in in a lot of cases, people's favorite uh, mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz from two thousand and seven, direct directed by Edgar Wright, written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, mm-hmm. I believe. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes, just just those two. And uh, cool. Yeah. So uh, as as fans of the movie will know, there is a great uh, sequence scene in Hot Fuzz where. Danny Butterman and Nicholas Angel bond over a, a, a fabled double feature of Point Break and Bad Boys 2. And so in true Cornetto Minute fashion, we thought we'd try and, and recreate that experience here on the podcast because Scott has seen neither film, much like Nicholas Angel. Yeah, I I find that um, in general, I have a... Uh, I, I feel like the, these movies are interesting for the two of us to cover because I think we were both kind of on the same page as far as like zombie movies and romantic comedies were concerned um, on Shaun of the Dead. I think we both like kind of grew up watching a lot of those. And yeah. uh, but then once we get into these two, um, Hot Fuzz, I love is just a movie on its own. But like I have very little like action movies in my diet. Uh, I, you know, stuff like I didn't see Lethal Weapon or Die Hard until I was in my 20s. Um, it's not a family recipe you grew up loving. No, not at all. Not at all. And like I had some friends who really liked action movies and that was how I saw the few that I did. So like I remember seeing The Rock in theaters because like my friends brought me to go see that and uh, Con Air, I think I saw in theaters for the same reason. Uh, but in general... Action movies were not something that I really grew up on. So Hot Fuzz, while I enjoy it as as it stands, like as just like what it is, um, as the movie itself, I've never the, the references I only understand in like the vaguest terms. And like I understand that that is a reference, even if I don't understand the reference. Um, sure. It, it, it's like you can hear the tone changing in the movie or see the tone changing. You're like, this is something, this is a reference to something. Right. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, there's a few references in the movie that I understand, uh, especially the, uh, like slasher film stuff in, in hot fuzz, but the action movie stuff, most of that kind of went over my head. Um, so, uh, thought that it could be, it could edu- we, we could educate me on, on action movie stuff before we get into this new movie, because you were totally like raised on action movies. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't remember really like being aware of that, you know, to, you know, cause like I, the, the movies, we talked about this a lot, if you've listened to our, our podcast, but the, the movies that I really grew up watching were Tim Burton, Batman, Star Wars, um, like Forrest Gump, weirdly. Uh, I'm trying to think of other, yeah, like Lion King. So like, you know, 90s Disney movie. I had all of those on cassette. But then also, yeah, I would watch. I didn't really realize that I loved action movies until weirdly watching Team America World Police. Oh. Uh, And because in 2004, I, I was watching that and I realized that they were making fun of Movies like Armageddon and Bad Boys and the whole Jerry Brockheimer, Michael Bay. And I was laughing so much because I felt like they were m- making fun of it in a way that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is – it's almost like you didn't really – you don't really realize that something is a trend or like you know post-punk and, until you hear someone playing like it. 
Like, this is what this is what Lord sounds like. like. That is what Lord sounds like. Oh my it's God. like it's like that moment where somebody pointed out that like you know the thing that the uh, like 2010 to 2020 decade is going to be known for is the millennial uh, the millennial uh, what is that M- millennial Yelp or whatever the like how sure. every song has the oh, oh yeah definitely oh yeah I watched a really great like Vox video about that how it yeah. is it is it is kind of like this primal code thing that right. we've unlocked. Oh yeah, totally. And but they, I, yeah, it's just yeah. like, yeah, when, when somebody, when somebody, you don't realize it, a, a trend until someone points out the trend and you're like, oh yeah, I guess that is a trend. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And, and I think hot fuzz came out at a time when that was, it was still really fun for me to celebrate things that I love. That sounds so sad to say now. But <laughs> but but you know, I was like, oh yeah, like like super cop and mm-hmm. and yeah, so it, it it I I got the I don't know. There there is always kind of especially watching Point Break today, there is an over the top kind of earnestness to a lot of these movies mm-hmm. and that is so it 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 can be hilarious, but then it it really walks that line of not really being aware of it yet and I wonder if that can even happen now. Uh, I so, yeah, think it. I think it. Does it still do that? I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like every action movie that just popped into my head recently. I was like, no, they're aware of it. No, they're you know aware there of is, it. there there is a watching this, especially like the final minutes of this. Spoilers for Point Break, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you care, uh, although this this is one of those movies that I feel like. I'm kind of like Romeo and Juliet. Like everyone kind of knows the story mm. going into another a, another story that is referenced in Hot Fuzz. Boom! Yeah, <laughs> and and <laughs> yeah, hashtag like, on it, brand. Definitely, and like if you've seen Fast and Furious, you've seen this movie. So like you know, right? Inherited so much, <laughs> except so like, that except that Vin Diesel doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't ride 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 and die at the end of the movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bodhi actually out. Dom's Dom. Yeah. Uh and that yeah, and so like watching the yeah, the final scene, there's such like a it's it's just try it's not afraid to try and be epic mm-hmm. or like even a little bit poetic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of funny how serious it's taking itself because of how goofy it is, but I would kind of prefer it if more big action movies try doing that late lately. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wonder if maybe that's why um Michael Bay has been stuck in uh stuck in uh Transformers land is just because he yeah. he he can't make the movies like he used to anymore, you know? Like he has to make these self-aware movies and I don't think he knows how to be self-aware, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you're going to Bad Boys 2 is a revelation and <laughs> I I really do think it is the purest Michael Bay movie that exists. All right. Well, um, if, uh, we're not, but but we're not talking about that one. We're gonna let's save our Bad Boys Two talk for for our next hiatus special because I I still haven't seen that movie. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but so yeah, I ha- Point I, Break. Yeah, so I had never seen. I, I'd never seen Point Break. Uh, I was. I, I was obviously I, I knew what it was. I knew that it was uh, later remade as a film about uh, race, about car, car thieves, car, car racing, street, street car racing and Fast and the Furious. Um, and then later remade as itself uh, a few years ago. Which surprisingly um, I haven't seen. Yeah. I don't know. That's not that surprising. Did anyone see that movie? <laughs> That's true. It's surprising um, for me. But uh, but but Catherine Bigelow is uh, a director who uh, for 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 me I have only really liked two of the movies I've seen that she's made. Uh, I really really love Near Dark. It's like one of my favorite vampire movies. Um, it's really really good, uh, and it's got uh, <laughs> it's got what's his name uh, Petrelli Nathan Petrelli from. Heroes. Oh yeah, yeah. As a uh, cowboy, uh, guy from Agents of Shield. <laughs> right. Yeah, him too. Um, I mean, it's the same person, but yeah, same. Yeah, different character. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. that guy. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I know that, and then I, and then um, uh, the Hurt Locker, which uh is a weirdly underrated movie, and then like ever since Hurt Locker and her success with Hurt Locker, she's just been like 
really, you know, relegating herself and her, her career to like true sociopolitical stories. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's it shot in like a documentary style and everything. Um, sure. So it was weird watching this and being like, Oh yeah, this, she's still the woman who made near dark. Like I can still see that director. Cause I can't see that director in the hurt locker and zero dark 30 and Detroit. Like, I don't, I don't mm. see that director in those movies, but yeah. here I'm like, oh, it's still near dark Catherine Bigelow. Like this is, that's cool. Yeah, no. And, and it, it kind of is as I, to be honest, I really haven't, I, I haven't watched it. I haven't, I've yet to see Detroit um, just because I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love zero dark 30. It's I, I, I would still, when we come back to it, I'd be down to put that in my top 10 of the decade. Uh, mm. But I just felt no real desire to see Detroit because it just felt, I don't know. Yeah. There is, there is a levity to this and uh, a color to this that I kind of miss. And I, I would love, I would, I would, I would hope that maybe someday Catherine Bigelow makes a movie that has an energy like this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I, 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 compl- I actually kind of forgot that this was a Catherine Bigelow movie. I would come in and out of remembering that throughout watching it. Mm. Yeah. See, for me, it was just like I kept being reminded that this was the near dark director just from like uh, camera work and stuff like yeah. that. Um, well, that's because well, to be honest, near dark isn't really a movie that is in my is in my head a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I watched that uh, early on, like as a kid, my dad showed it to me because uh, he was really oh, big great. into vampire movies and wanted me to be into vampire movies. And uh, so he he that was one of those early movies that he kind of uh, early R rated movies that he showed me. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so I don't know. Um, point break is, uh, it's interesting. It's not as, you know, what, what's really fascinating about it. There's like, um, there's, there's scenes in this that I was like the screenplay by, um, W Peter Illiff, uh, whatever. Um, if you look at his IMDB, he has the goofiest, picture of him like in a bandana and i was like yeah that looks like the guy who wrote point break um and uh but also has kind of an uncredited uh co-writing credit by james cameron yeah i don't i don't i'm not entirely sure how true that is though sure uh, sure sure uh but in any event, i could hear it i mean i don't know the guy that wrote i i i kept imagining some of these like the some of the amazing lines in this movie and then i kept thinking back to like avatar yeah, there there was some stuff in here that there was definitely some dialogue that was like, oh yeah, the alien aliens like banter. There's mm-hmm. there's you some aliens asking each other over for percentage points. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, but in any event, uh, there were scenes in this like the scene where Johnny Utah meets Gary Busey's character, uh, and mm-hmm. Gary Busey is like blindfolded and he's gonna go jump into the pool to go save a brick. Bricks. Yeah, to save a brick. Um, and is like ca- coming up. <laughs> it's calling him, a, calling him a, like a, a whatever a qu- quarterback, a quarterback punk. Um, yeah. And uh, that scene, like I was just like listening to the dialogue, and it's so goofy. And like dialogue later when uh, when <laughs> when Keanu Reeves is just like, you know, you stupid old bastard. Like, why don't you <laughs> just go die or something? Like, are you mad? <laughs> yeah, you like how that feels? Yeah, like that. That scene, I yeah, think of those like, two like scenes. Their first, their first real time, no, getting to know each other. That like they, he, he, he challenges him so early in their relationship. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it was the way to earn his respect, I guess, because of the kind of guy yeah. he was. But yeah. in any event, those two scenes, the dialogue in those scenes are so stupid. Like it's just mm-hmm. such, such stupid dialogue. But it was shot in a way that reminded me a lot of. Um, the way that she would shoot characters like uh uh like uh uh Chris Pratt in Zero Dark Thirty, like the the sort of like, oh, I've been around the block and I know what this is like, but I'm not gonna treat yeah. it too seriously, even though I'm in a serious position. Like it was a very it was shot, they were shot in very similar ways. And I was just like, wow, it's so weird seeing like the same director who shot that really grounded stuff in Zero Dark Thirty and really grounded scene was using that to shoot some really silly scenes. 
And <laughs> right. it was just, it was just very, I don't know. It was very strange. It really kind of shows you what like a director can bring to a great, bring to a thing. Cause I think, I think um, without her direction, I think this movie would have been relegated to like B movie direct to video status, you know? Yes. It's a, it's a real example of, of, of content being elevated by talent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it's kind of like the fugitive. Yeah. I liked, I honestly, I guess, I guess I'm burying the lead, but like, I liked the movie a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, oh yeah, no, it, it's, it, it really, it really just puts things in perspective on how, unentertaining a lot of modern like action movies are nowadays yeah i mean there were sequences in this where i was like genuinely on the edge of my seat like the sequence after they find out that uh that johnny is an fbi agent they know Mm -hmm. like the whole gang knows and then they bring him out to skydive and they're like they're like shuffling around the parachutes and then he goes skydiving with them. And the whole time, it's like, you know, they're all acting like, yay, I'm free. And I just keep waiting for one of them to just be like, et tu, Brute. And then just like <laughs> pulling oh, their right, shoots. Yeah. And oh, and then he doesn't have one, you know, somehow. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The scene where they are parachuting and they, they find each other and they are holding hands in a circle. Yeah. That's the is, scene. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. But it, it's, that's such a pure expression of love for all of these characters. And I don't know, like it, it, it is, of, but it, I was, but see, I was really tense in that scene. So like, I didn't think yeah, of it definitely. as pure. I didn't think of it as that's pure great. at all. It felt like, oh, God. it felt like a lie. Like I felt like they were all going to just start taking turns, stabbing him and then laughing as he fell to right. the ground. <laughs> like it that's just, great. yeah, <laughs> it was really, it was really tense. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that sequence, it was just so simple. Like, having that sort of bomb under the table and then having the bomb just be a dud, like not letting the bomb go off at all. Like, right. Everyone yeah. lands safely and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. It's and so I guess, strange. Like, and I guess that really is the key to any great, like undercover movie, which is kind of what we forget, but that's kind of technically what this is. Yeah. Uh, you, you can double feature this with the departed and you know, you kind of, <laughs> I think in both of those movies, you don't really know what you want to happen. Yeah. Or it's like, I don't, I, I I don't want this guy to get found out because now I care about his relationship because you, you do kind of end up caring about Mm -hmm. Johnny Utah's relationship with these, you know, with everyone, but then also you don't want Gary Busey to get dicked over. You don't want, you know, like everyone kind of, you know, I I recently saw a movie called Den of Thieves, which just came out the past winter. And I, I actually went to it earnestly, like wanting it to be enjoyable and like a fun ride. And I, I found myself not caring about anyone. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of the kiss of death in a movie like this. Mm. Um, there were uh, there were a bunch of sequences in this that I had not realized were references in Hot Fuzz because there's the oh, okay yeah there's the very obvious reference uh, that you know they make a point of of showing three times like you have you have uh, you know Danny Butterman ask him have you ever have you ever put your gun up in the air and gone uh, like shoot your gun up in the air and gone. Ah, um, mm-hmm. right. And then they show it and po- happen in point break. And then, uh, and then later it comes, he but he can't it. do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He recreates the scene later. He so, gets like, that's, his wish at a heavy price. Right. So that's the really obvious one that like, they literally show you the reference. Uh, so that one I understood. I did not know that, uh, uh, little, little hand says it's time to rock and roll. I did not know that that was point break. <laughs> Um, I, uh, and then the fun moment that must've been for you. uh, Yeah, I know. When he said that, I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) I finally understand that reference. Felt like Captain America. Um, and then the, the bit at the end where he finds him on the, on the coast of Australia and it's raining and he's fighting him in the rain. And I'm like, Oh, this is the, this is the scene with, uh, with, with, uh, with, uh, you know the the end at the model the model the model town. Sure, sure. Yeah. The modern Stanford modern mod, model Stanford. Yeah, the model Stanford where they're where they're you know fighting and sort of like rolling around on the uh, in the in the model because the thing is is like that scene of them just sort of like fighting is in slow motion and it's really silly because nothing's happening like they're literally mm-hmm. just like shoving people or shoving each other around um, yeah. on an empty beach. It's like really silly. 
Uh, mm-hmm. but so they just amp up the silliness by like having it rain. Cause like the, the hose or whatever is going off. And then you add the model home into the equation to make it even sillier, you know, to like amplify how silly it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they're, they're not dissimilar, like rolling around on a, on a beach and rolling around at a model town. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I didn't realize that that was a reference either. So, yeah. um, that was, that was a lot of fun. And the, just like, like the bank robbery stuff, uh, all I could think of was like, especially the scene where they where they go in when uh, Johnny is ordering the meatball subs, um, and he they they the, go in behind the two him. the two meatball subs that yeah. are both for Gary Busey. Yeah, <laughs> and they're gigantic, and he's like, oh, I should have ordered a third one, um, and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> um, but uh they're the best things i've ever eaten go 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 over there (laughs) so he's uh he's ordering the meatball subs and behind him they pull up and go into the bank uh and i just and then we get we don't we never see them inside the bank they just come back out later and they're like oh shit they're here and they have to go after them (laughs) um and i just was like oh man i'm getting mad baby driver vibes from that uh sequence so that's like not even hot fuzz but like it feels like, oh man, that was the hot fuzz was not the last time that uh Edgar was gonna be influenced by this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah, it it it, it yeah, the, the, this kind of the way that it isn't just like paying lip service, it's letting it it, it, it lets the references kind of feel like they're coming up mm-hmm. for a reason, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. like I've kind of learned I've learned to be really aware of that as I'm watching stuff when it comes to needle drops. Mm-hmm. And like for some reason that's become like a pet peeve of mine, or not not even a pet peeve, but just like I don't think you're playing this for a reason. Yeah, know? yeah, totally. Um, like there's that uh, there's that that's that uh, I was just wa- I was I was following someone on Twitter who was live tweeting uh, their watch of the Gem and the Holograms movie, um, and I guess oh, okay, and I guess there's a part in that where they all go to like some sort of album release thing or something. And they're mm-hmm. on like a red carpet. And uh, the song that's playing during like the montage of them on the red carpet is uh, that, that uh, highly, that, that Haley Steinfeld song about masturbation. And they're just like, right. why are you, why is this song playing right now? What does this have to do with what's happening? <laughs> well, it's about loving yourself, Scott. Yeah. So much until it hurts. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah, no, it's uh the 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 references are interesting. I you know, going back to the baby driver thing, I think the thing that sure. was <laughs> the thing I couldn't stop thinking about uh while while watching this, especially once um once they sort of uh forced Johnny by kidnapping uh, uh kidnapping Lori Petty's character, which Lori mm-hmm. Petty's in this movie. I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, yes she is. Yeah. Uh, yes she is. So they kidnap no, Lori we'll Petty to like get uh Johnny Utah to do this bank robbery for them. I guess cuz they're like wanting to sort of uh uh like solely his reputation as an FBI agent or something. Um, it, it gets a little muddy at the end what everyone's goals are. Yeah, it really does. Especially when they're all just like shooting each other equally. Um I, uh, but, all, all all secrets are out. Everybody knows everything and yeah. it's just happening. But that whole that whole sequence uh where he where he's forced to rob the bank with them, all I could think of was just like, oh, you know, like you and I, we've talked a lot about like what a baby driver sequel could be. And like our, mm-hmm. we're in agreement that a baby driver sequel should focus on uh, on on Deborah and like have like baby in prison and like having to like escape prison to like save Deborah from like getting into like a life of crime. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, we, 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 we Paddington to it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We've talked about that. Um, but like I was watching this, I was like, Oh, another way you could go is that they, that the FBI catch me if you can's baby and makes him like a, like a, a federal agent. And then he has to like go back into a life of crime like this undercover. <laughs> that is so crazy that you say that because I was, I was watching, I was watching this and I I was kind of getting like, oh, I can kind of see other than the cosmetic stuff, other than just the references, like what I feel like Edgar Wright kind of probably enjoyed about this movie. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, God, he's he's so good at creating like worlds like you really, you know, we, we, we talk about we do the Scott Pilgrim show and we 
like wow, you really feel like you're in a in a in a absorbing a world, almost like a cantina in Star Wars. Yeah, I would, and I was like, he should make a freaking undercover movie. Yeah, where like someone like like someone has to go into what a new subculture is now mm-hmm. in the same way that surfing was like the what's going on out in California? What are mm-hmm. those kids doing? Mm-hmm. Um, in 1991. Well, I mean, that's, I, but, but, you know, well, cause like, that's one of the things that he's talked about with, uh, with, with, you know, making sequels is like the reason he doesn't want to is cause he doesn't want to just do the same thing again. So like, yeah, it'd be a really good way to make a baby driver sequel, but just take that character and sort of implant him into a different genre, but like, like a sister genre, but like a different genre, you know? Yeah. Which is like the undercover movie, which is a different kind of movie than the heist, you know, car chase movie, you know? Yeah. No. And and I also kind of see every kind of character. And this is something that I also enjoy about James Cameron uh, to, to make it worth bringing up that I, you know, mm-hmm. worth bringing up his name. But like, I, I just really like how you, you look at movies like this or even movies like Shane Black and every moment, every character, it just has a little bit more like bang for your buck. Mm hmm. And I think I kind of see that also with with Baby Driver, to be honest, where it's like, yeah, this is just a little tiny genre movie that, you know, no moons are getting thrown at anybody, but you're going to remember everybody that you see. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Every little scene is just going to have like a little pop to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Also, I mean, am I am I nuts or is uh, is. So, <laughs> it's it's so funny like that Johnny Utah was a was a Ohio uh, Buckeyes quarterback because one he does not seem big enough to be a quarterback to me uh <laughs> like even a little bit and mm-hmm. and number two like how do you go from being a, a quarterback to a FBI agent like what is and he's only 25 so like what is that trajectory how do you go from one that thing to the other it's just so you know it, it's one of those things that can be as a writer it can be either frustrating or liberating mm-hmm. where you're like what how did look at all this basic stuff that doesn't make any sense you know, it, like there's an argument to be made that Johnny Utah shouldn't even be Keanu Reeves, but like that's insane to even think about. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, so originally, kind of... did you see the originally? Uh, oh no, who no, was, I know who is making this movie. So originally, Point Break was a Ridley Scott joint. Oh, great! And not uh, a Tony Scott joint, interesting. Yeah, yeah, Ridley Scott, and uh, yeah, not Tony Scott, Ridley Scott. You would think it feels it feels like a Tony Scott. Oh, a hundred percent, but no, Ridley Scott. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, so. and then uh, and and yeah, so it was supposed to be Ridley Scott, and Ridley Scott, when he was attached to it, he was in talks. He had been in talks with uh, Matthew Broderick. 1990, oh, okay. 1989, 1990. Matthew Broderick. Uh, Ferris Bueller was eighty eight, right? Uh, 86. 86. Okay. So like, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. A few years after Ferris Bueller. Uh, Johnny Mm -hmm. Depp. Uh, I'm making, I'm making a jerk off motion. Um, Val Mm -hmm. Kilmer and, uh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen is probably the one that I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's of like Val Kilmer does too, to a certain extent, but I, I almost feel like Val Kilmer would have been too old even at that point. Um, yeah, and like, and, and it's funny because like, uh, it's funny you say the old because Swayze, Swayze's seems older than Keanu Reeves in this. Is he not supposed cool, to be? I thought he was supposed to. No, be. no, no, but but no, but not in a way. It's funny, like in a way that works. I like oh, it. Yeah. And when you said Val Kilmer, I was like, yeah, that wouldn't work in this because this. When you look at Bodie, it's like, yeah, this is a dude that's already maybe had a couple of movies happen yeah. to him already. <laughs> right. Totally. Um, uh, there's always such a, di- I love, I love, I love Patrick Swayze cause there's always such a dissonance to what he's saying and like his, en- his he has kind of like such a dad energy to me mm-hmm. where he just seems like every time I watch a Patrick Swayze movie, it's like I'm watching a movie of starring my dad's friend when he was young. <laughs> the thing that really struck me with, with, uh, Swayze and especially, um, especially his, but Bodie and, and Utah's relationship sure. was just that like. Uh, it, I, I expected this to be like a real kind of like bromance sort of movie between these two characters and sure. they don't even really interact a lot until the second half of the movie. Yeah. It's, it, it takes its time and, yeah. and, and, and it's stuff like that, that I think make the movie technically impressive to me mm-hmm. and not just like a, a campy cult movie. Right. And, oh yeah. Really and taking their time with some of this speaking stuff. of their first interaction, 
uh, right. in which in which Bodhi knows kung fu for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. the, we get, uh, we, we get a, a connection to our other, uh, movies by minute, uh, podcast, which is, which has a film that stars a member of the red hot chili peppers. Um, we have Anthony Kiedis in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of like a big Lebowski esque role for him. Yeah. It's so weird. What, why were both of them actors? And what about the third guy? Why, why wasn't he in any movies? Yeah, not Will Ferrell, just, that guy. The one, yeah, but maybe that's why. Maybe he could just kind of sense, like, nah, that's a mistake. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. I just shouldn't do it. Yeah. I shouldn't be in movies around the late nineties. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Logan Marshall Green's doing it. He's surviving, even though, like, God made him and Tom Hardy look almost exactly alike. Yeah, people keep saying that. I don't. I just don't see it. Um, I after watching Upgrade, I think he was finally emotionally in in like in, uh, inside of me and enough to where I'm like, that's Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. See, uh, for me, he will always he will he will never not be Ryan's brother from the OC. Like that's okay. Permanently, yeah. every time I see him, I just go, "What you say?" <laughs> yeah, and also that be in that moment in the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it, he's permanently in. He is permanently getting shot by Marissa in slow motion in my mind. Um, I think that's kind of the blessing and curse of television. Is a, 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 an actor a performance really can get into your skin on TV to where. You know, if I if I go through a period where I'm watching the OC a lot, it is like startling to me to see Martin Sheen or Bradley Whitford in anything or anyone from The Office is like done, like mm. in my head forever. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it's that character from The Office. I'm mean, not <laughs> not I I and if doing a good performance, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. They're you're really bringing it home. But <laughs> <laughs> my head's just doing all this apologizing to nobody. <laughs> Well, they're all listening to this show, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, everyone I've ever, 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 ever talked to. Yeah, everyone you've ever talked about. to or watched on screen, they're all listening mm-hmm. to this right now and judging you, Nick. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh man, they're like, well, I was gonna be best friends with him, but now I don't know. Click. He he typecast me because I was in a TV show. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, back off war child seriously it's the seriously that 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 works yeah yeah oh man no this this movie's fun i i also i i have to appreciate uh the ex-president's gang for their uh like they're they're just determination yeah their determination to stay in character and stay on like it's not enough for them to wear the masks they also wear costumes (laughs) which again to me is i think it says a lot about i i I don't think that's just about robbing banks to me it's you know it's almost like pitching a sketch Mm -hmm. it's like what what kind of sketch do you want to be do you want to ignore the fact that they're called the ex-presidents and make it about the relationships between the characters or like guys they're called the ex-presidents let's just really lean on this (laughs) and like i'm not a crook uh Oh look over there! It's Barbara. Like every line has to be, and we have to do the voices too. Like I like the I like the commitment. It's like a, yeah. like, a like an improv troupe. Yeah, they're committed. It's it's really fun, and I love I love uh, I love uh, uh, he, I I I love Bodie's uh, I guess I commitment to being Ronald Reagan, but like Ronald Reagan in in like tails, like he's wearing tails. He's wearing a tux, not a suit, a tux. Yeah, it just doesn't – these guys are – it's just like a bunch of Labradors started a a bank robbing gang. Yeah, I love it. I don't know – a bunch of Mr. Peanut Butters. Why why was he – why was Bodhi stealing from the vault in the final job? Like why did he decide to do that that time? Because he literally got all of his friends killed because of that. Yeah, I kind of – in the moment watching the movie – you just kind of chalk it up to like, oh, he's got to finish the job, you know, like what, you know, because it's moving so fast. But I, yeah, when you when you think about it, I don't know. I don't really get. I ne- I never get Bodie being a criminal, to be honest, and not just being like surfer dude, like the movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I don't get why he doesn't become like a, like, like a professional uh, surfer, who, like like Billy Jack. 
you know oh like, like why doesn't like why doesn't he just walk <laughs> the earth righting wrongs and surfing like i don't get every time i watch it like why are you a criminal that would be that's like point break the series that's what you just pitched yeah the poster is just like him walking and he has a surfboard tucked it's like kung fu but he has a surfboard tucked under his arm yeah totally oh my god that would be amazing Bodhi. <laughs> uh if it this is definitely one of the most like one of the I like I would say if somebody was like I want to watch one movie that sums up the early 90s. I feel like this <laughs> is it. Um It really is an anthem and it and, and it's a declaration. Yeah. Like this is this is what we're about. The 80s are done. Right. This is like right before Nirvana happened, so like we're not quite into the mid 90s. Yeah, it really was this this really glorious little pocket of culture we had. Yeah. Yeah. Just that that sort of uh you know, that awkward transition that a lot of decades have where like the early 80s is like that weird amalgamation of like 70s and eight in mid 80s, yeah. you know, and then I wonder I, I, I've been thinking lately how we're going to start remembering the the t- early 2000s now that that's the next decade up to get to get uh, nostalgicized. Uh huh. I don't know. It's already starting because it was in Lady Bird. That's true. Yeah. People are like, that's how I dressed in high school. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I remember um, that. I don't know why I said that in a disparaging voice, but uh, when <laughs> was did that I'm, disparaging? I'm, 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 I don't know. Is I'm that what your disparaging up, voice sounds like? I'm sorry. I, I, I was kind of distra- I wanted to look up. I don't know why. So uh, this movie came out July 12th, 1991. Uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit was released as a single on September 10th, 1991. Whoa. So I really think, yeah, if I can amend my statement, I think this is kind of Point Breaks is singing the 80s to sleep. Yeah, for sure. And then and then Nirvana wakes us back up. Yeah. Welcome to the 90s, bitch. Um, I I just I just blew my mind. And you're probably going to think like, well, yeah, of course, that's who that was. But because I'm sure, you know, but like I never put it together, I guess, because. I get yeah, but like I went to look and I wanted to go look and see like oh Laura Petty like when was Tank Girl was that was that before this or after this well it was after this but what I didn't okay. know was that the following year she played Kit in a League of Their Own I had no idea that was her yes yeah I, well it's I the hair no... the hair is a little different yeah yeah and no, and totally you know different. and that movie is so. You know, like you, I, I get that because you know when you're watching Lori Petty, I didn't again, I didn't realize this till I was older, but Lori Petty was a huge presence in my film diet as a kid because like it yeah. was Free Willy and Tank oh Girl. Oh my god, she's in Free Willy. <laughs> she is in Free Willy. She she's the friend that that she's like the grown up oh friend that god. meets the boy. Wow. And I was just like, yeah, and it was kind of like an early crush. I think I think like I kind of do now. Even that I'm older, I'm like, oh yeah, like kind of like a Lori, and I yeah. But, uh, and then she say? did, oh, yeah, but, she but, did but, Tank but Girl Donnie. and like her whole care, her whole career just like went down the shitter, unfortunately. Oh, that's a, that's a damn shame. She just uh, directed by Rachel Talali. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, like same thing happened to her too. Like she was like, yeah, you're not making, you don't get to make movies anymore. You're stuck on TV. Marvel, now. DC, call Star Wars, call up Rachel Talali. I know, man. Tank Girl. Uh, yeah, what but a but yeah, uh, uh, I, I think Dottie is such like a character, you know, and you get so caught up in that movie and you think about Kit and Dot. I meant Kit, Kit and Dottie. Yeah, and Kit is such a character that I think when you watch Free Willy, when you watch Tank Girl, even or Point Break, you're like, oh, that's Lori Petty. But I think I really do think when you watch League of Their Own, it's like, oh, that's that's Kit. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And now um, she's uh, what? What's her name in Orange Is the New Black? Uh, what is her name? Did, Lolly? Lolly? You, Lolly. Yeah. Lolly. Lolly. Did you, did you ever watch, did you watch that new season? The one that it was all like one night? No. I mean, no, I think I, I watched the premiere and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm into this show anymore. Um, yeah, man, it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I don't know. The quality of that show like went way, 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 way down. Um, yeah. after the first couple of seasons, uh, uh, do we want to talk about Dr. Cox? Yeah, that was fun. Uh, he's I didn't great. Know, yeah, I didn't know he was going to be in this. He's he's a lot of fun in that kind of uh, you know brash, 
Yeah, um, he kind of plays the yeah the the, the FBI the chief. chief. Yeah, the chief. Yeah, he plays a very similar kind of enforcer cop character in Highlander Two, uh, and I think he gets thrown out of a building. Whoa! I remember that being. I was like, "Whoa, he got thrown out of a building." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I was that. just I, absorbing so much. Man, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Highlander Two since I was like, like a kid. It's um, not great. No, no, it's, and I, I know that. But what, what I was saying mm-hmm. is like I don't even remember there being cops in that movie. Like all I remember is like the alien stuff. Right, yeah. So I don't know. That's interesting. Um yeah, John But yeah, no, yeah, but he but talk about yeah, talk about knowing what movie you're in, you know? Yeah. He's there there is kind of a language and a a masculinity to it that I think is kind of what, but, but you feel good. It, it kind of, this movie, it, it's like, yeah, this is, this is guys and we're guys and it's, we're stupid as hell, but it, it feels, it just feels positive in this movie for some reason. I don't know. It kind of, it does to me speak to a bygone era and maybe that bygone era was never there, mm. but, but it feel it, it watching this movie does, I don't know. Maybe this is how my dad felt when he watched like Westerns and shit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's uh, yeah, but the, you know, I I, I guess the, the surfing, you know, the 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 friendship thing, um, the the whole turn of them, like of of the the ex presidents realizing that Johnny's a FBI agent, which is mm-hmm. so silly because they realize it. Like I I don't understand how this works because. They realize it because he's out in the opening yelling, I'm an FBI agent and firing at their car. Um, yeah. They're like, hey, isn't that Johnny? I guess he's an FBI agent. Cool. Uh, and then later, like, they come over to his house, but it's like, dude, you know that they know, right? Because you were just yeah, like, you standing. Your house? Yeah, you're just standing in the street. Like, what are you? <laughs> what do you... I mean, you understand that they, they know, they know. That you're an FBI agent. Yeah, you like, you have know. to maybe maybe get out of your comfort zone a little bit now. Maybe it's time to dislocate yourself. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Um, yeah, it's uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's a really it's a really fun movie. It's not a particularly smart movie, but like I don't know, like the yeah. the, the relationship that that uh the relationship between Bodie and 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 Johnny and like especially that turn like when when they when when the turn happens and uh they sort of like become enemies after being friends for most of the movie uh i was sort of expecting it to come back around again somehow Mm -hmm. like they were gonna like join forces to take down the rest of the gang because the rest of the gang goes too far somehow or something i always want them both to surf together at the end yeah no, instead one of the high five and nod and then go then die both die surfing at the same time. Yeah, he just, <laughs> just Bodhi surfs his way into hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here uh, I go, amigo, down yeah. to hell. I think my my favorite thing about the ending because like early in the movie mm-hmm. he's talking about like oh this legendary wave that this storm is going to hit the fifty year storm is going to hit Australia mm-hmm. and it's going to be like this crazy thing. And there's like, Oh wow. Australia. Huh? And then later <laughs> when he runs away, uh, he get, he gets away, he escapes or whatever. And, uh, he spends Johnny Utah spends like a couple of years tracking him down. And he, he realizes <laughs> yeah. that the 50 year, year storm is about to hit Australia. So he goes to Australia, you know, that whole continent. And he happens to bump into Bodie on one he, particular he, beach. <laughs> Well, it sounds like he's like, I checked every beach every day. And he's just like, no, I, no, I like he said, imagine. he said Mexico. He said he checked oh, every Mexico. town in Mexico. Yeah. And then he went to Australia first try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens. That happens in life sometimes where it's like you look and look and look in one room and you're like, oh, fuck. It's right there on the. On the <laughs> as if, as if Bodhi is the remote control of the TV. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Keanu's really great in this. I think he's what he's just—he's one of a kind, man. He's—he's—he really is. And I really like the arc. And I—I believe—I believe him as you know former former quarterback Johnny Utah Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like 
And it's a testament, I think, to him as an actor, which I don't think we talk about enough, to where you believe the transition to where when he's walking on that beach and he's all grunged out and he's throwing his badge, you're like, oh, he underwent a transformation. And he just became Keanu Reeves. Yeah. What are you talking about? But you believe it. Yeah, totally. That that opening sequence, too, of him uh, of like cutting back and forth between the surfing and him shooting at the targets. Right. Yeah. Um, earning his uh, earning his FBI cred. Uh, that bit. Again, that's another thing that like reminds me of the opening sequence of Hot Fuzz where we're learning about Nicholas Angel. Uh, yes. Yeah. But <laughs> but it's I don't know. It's. It's even, even the way he was like shooting the gun in that sequence, I was just thinking, oh, it's, it's John Wick. Look at him. Like there he is. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. I I think that's really, and I think this movie is a big part of, you know, we talk about the power, the power of John Wick is that the audience kind of takes its baggage of Keanu Reeves with them when they sit down and watch it. Yeah. And that like, yeah, when a character is like, oh, it's been a long time, Mr. Wick. You're like, yeah, that registers because Keanu Reeves. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, the uh, the yeah, drug bust, no the, the the drug bust sequence. Right. Yeah, that was really good. And that was uh, was that was that what's his name from Reservoir Dogs? Is that who that was that showed up? Who was that guy? Oh, geez, Louise. I'd have to. Um, the guy that was like, "Do you think I like this blonde hair?" The the undercover. Oh guy. yeah. Oh man. Who, that was somebody. Guys. That was somebody that I recognized, but I couldn't. Oh, Tom Sizemore. It was Tom Sizemore, not... Oh, from Saving Private, Rye Rye. Yeah, not... Uh, yeah. yeah, right. A- another... Uh, another... <laughs> uh, real, real wild child. Yeah, right. Um, Black Hawk uh, Down. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Tom Sizemore, uncredited performance as right. DEA agent Dietz. Yeah, Natural Born Killers, Born on the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I always, I, I get him. Surreal life, I think. Yeah. I often get him and, uh, and, and Mr. Pink from Reservoir Dogs confused because they, Oh, Buscemi. Yeah. No, no. Oh, is he Mr. Pink? Who's the, who's the. Oh, Ke- Keitel. Harvey Keitel? No, 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 no. The crazy guy. The guy that cuts off oh, the other Madsen. guy's ear. Ma- Michael Madsen. Bill's yeah. brother. What is his name in the movie? Michael Madsen. Oh, Mr. Blonde. Mr. Oh, Blonde. That's right. The one that's not a color. That's right. <laughs> Because blonde is not a color. Mr. Um, Yellow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that uh, that that guy. Um, I get Michael Madsen and Tom Sizemore confused a lot. I don't know. They look uh, like they could be brothers or something. No, no, yeah. And they both kind of carry similar energies. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's kind of like a lot of people get Nick Nolte and Gary Busey mixed up. Oh, right. Yeah. I guess that's that's fair, too. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, uh, I, it's funny. An, another kind of thing I, I thought about connecting it to hot fuzz was, uh, you know, we, we have a care, we have Lori Petty who, uh, un, unfortunately, like a lot of, you know, female characters in movies like these that we've been, you know, celebrating all day, uh, just kind of gets used as like, you know, she's kidnapped and she's, you know, it's used as a bait and, you know, we get some backstory where like her parents died in an airplane crash in 1984 and Johnny Utah, a hundred percent, no shame manipulates that and you know what cool like that was kind of that showed me that he wasn't messing around when it came to being an fbi agent like he was there to get the job done yeah Uh, but it made me think about how in earlier drafts of hot fuzz if i'm remembering if i'm remembering correctly was there a a a a love interest in stanford yes okay cool so there that was actually like in a draft not just like right there was a there was a lori petty in, in, yes. in Stanford, and then they were just like, "Oh well, why don't we just combine Lori Petty and Patrick Swayze?" And yeah, and it, and it made me really appreciate. Unfortunately, I mean, it's kind of like the lesser of two choices. Where like, yeah, like if they had <laughs> shoe shoehorned in a female character into Hot Fuzz like that, it would have because yeah, it's kind of like, well, God, this is kind of trope, you know? It, it's mm-hmm. not really that interesting. But then it's also like, well, why not just <laughs> just why does that have to be the only two options? Yeah. That's true. Uh, but you're right. But Hot Fuzz is kind of more deliberately telling a story about male love. Right. In a way that Point Break, it's kind of subtext in that kind of no homo way that was still the norm in 91. I just love the idea that uh, when you combine Patrick Swayze and Lori Petty, you get Nick Frost. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like Jan and Jaina. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I can really, I really get... Um, 
why this movie and we'll talk about bad boys too but that one as well they make sense thematically in in the hot fuzz recipe it's not just cosmetic it's not just like ready player one lip service not yeah not, i like that movie but you know what i mean yeah um but yeah the more the more you look it's kind of what, what i really loved about music was like finding out hearing billy joe armstrong say like stiff little fingers and then listening to stiff little fingers and learning more about green day mm-hmm. or like listening to the clash and being like oh i can see where it and I like I, I think I like I like it when cinema does that too, where it's not just uh, surface references. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that's that's the I mean, it's the difference, right, between being a parody or satire or whatever, and and being sort of like a love letter, you know? And definitely, yeah, yeah. Even though Hot Fuzz it's, is a it, comedy, it's not a parody. It's it's hot fuzz. It, hot fuzz is so kind of similar to Shaun of the Dead. It it becomes part of the canon that it is kind of like Tenacious D, you know, and kind of mimicking or aping or or, or, or satirizing something. They become the very thing they loved. Right. Totally. A hundred percent. And I think that that's probably um, w- one of the reasons why uh, the world's end. D- d- didn't connect with people immediately because it wasn't immediate immediately apparent <laughs> what that movie sure. was doing. You yeah. know, this Whereas, is a beloved classic in the genre of social sci-fi. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, yeah, no, I I love social sci-fi, and I've I've watched a lot of social sci-fi movies. But like, if you aren't aware of that very specific genre, yeah, that that's not a that's not a section of blockbuster like action and zombie, right? Or horror. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm really glad that I watched Point Break and I, I liked it way more than I thought I would. Like I, I really just sort of try to embrace the, you know, er, like earnestness of this yeah. world and these characters and mm-hmm. um, the idea. And, and you, you know, know, I the, the other thing that I was thinking again, sort of like coming full circle and, and talking about Catherine Bigelow again, um, I... I love watching a movie uh, like a like a you know a testosterone driven action movie made through the lens of a female director. It's really interesting and sort of makes me really want a James Bond movie directed by a woman and you know just just to see, you know, like I I I I I would really really hope whatever woman directed a James Bond movie uh, would not be on social media um, because that would be a nightmare, but I would love to, I would love to see it because I think that there, there's something valid about that. I think that's the reason why this movie works, not just because she's a talented director, but because she is focusing on the emotion of these two characters. Whereas like if a guy directed this, I feel like, their instinct would just be like, well, I mean, look how friendly they are. Look, they shook hands that one time. That's enough. Um, whereas like, yeah, <laughs> for her, she's just like, no, they're literally going to do a trust fall, but they're going to do it by jumping out of a plane. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's great. And you know, the, the, the more that I, you know, reflect and look and think about stuff like that, I, I really do start to see masculinity and femininity as like energies. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that whether, no matter whatever we were born with, sometimes watching movies or listening to music or seeing people dressed and stuff, you are drawn to masculine or feminine energy and whatever that means aesthetically or, or, or noise or whatever. But, and yeah, and, but you have to, when it's balanced, it can be really fun and cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's this, you know, Angelina Jolie directed that movie, uh, Unbroken, uh, about the World War II pilot who had the amazing life. He crashed and he got tortured and then he, you know, he, he survived. And the whatever. Olympic guy. Okay. Yeah. The Olympic guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate to sound so, but, but yeah, it, 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 I remember reading interviews with her and she said that she was kind of as a director was directing that she didn't let the, any of the male, the men like curse on set mm. because she was like, she had kind of like a fondness for that energy, like the kind of like the, 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 the footage she would see of soldiers com- camaraderie and stuff and old, World War II footage and stuff. And she wanted to recapture that because she felt a, a love for that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that movie too, I think deals with stuff like manhood and masculinity and stuff and human stuff in a really interesting way. And it's like, why are we, why aren't we letting this happen more? Why are we going out of our way to make this not happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. I agree completely. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this. I'm, I'm surprised. I really didn't think I really kind of like went into this with the attitude of like, all right, let's see. For sure. Like, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Right. Um, and then I, I ended up, uh, you know, really liking it. I, you know, there are, there, it definitely doesn't, um, totally fall together, uh, perfectly, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of the, it's, it's just that kind of movie where it doesn't really have to. So it's fun. Yeah. I think it plays a lot. I like I like the way it plays. It, it's a movie I think that really benefited from like the video cable generation because I think it plays really well at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, my only, my only bit that I, I wish, if I could change any one thing in this movie, it would just be that the movie took place over a longer period of time uh, to sort of mm, like- like Les Mis. Yeah, well, just to like sort of build up their friendship more. Uh, gotcha. It, yeah. Because it just it just feels like it feels like Johnny learns how to surf and joins a surf gang over the course of like two weeks. Uh, yeah. And you, it's weird. You, you know what's really good? Uh, the Departed is kind of probably around the same length. And I feel like they, they're really good. Like the movie comes out and you're like, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio was in jail for like two years. Yeah. Know, or... Like it took like stuff took a while and, yeah. and you remember like, oh, wow, that that took a that had a price. Right. Yeah. I like that. Um, so anyway, it's also a really summer movie. Point Break. It is totally, totally. And so is uh, our next movie, Bad Boys 2. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what you're going to think. And I'm, I'm very I'm excited. That's either way. I'm excited. <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Yeah, we're going to do uh, our next one. Oh, yeah. And I have one other note. I if anyone. If anyone can answer me this question, um, I don't know how many of our listeners are surfers, uh, but there's a bit in this where <laughs> Gary Busey is explaining to uh, his partner, FBI agent Johnny Utah, um, about uh, it's, about, it's about balance. Yeah, about his theories, his theories about why he thinks it's a it's a group of surfers who are the bank robbers, <laughs> and he was like he was like uh, he like mentions finding. Uh, surf wax and he's like yeah see this and he's and he's like showing him like the surf wax he's like these, these idiots they put them on their boards for traction <laughs> and he says that and i just go wax wouldn't give you traction like it's the opposite of that isn't it right like is it called wax incorrectly is it actually doing something else i well, I, I hear that yeah I, I i just thought i thought the point of it was like to make it so that the water just like yeah, flicks, ex- yeah, just right. flicks right off, like like waxing a car. I thought it was like the same, like yeah. it beads off of it instead of, and it makes it you know smoother ride or something. Mm-hmm. That's what I always assumed the deal was. And so when he's like, they put it on their boards for traction, I was like, I don't think that's <laughs> true, Gary Busey. I if just if even one of our listeners is is a surfer, uh, recreationally or competitively, please let us know because that's a gift. <laughs> yes. I would love to think about it, like someone's listening to us while like getting ready to to to, to surf. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, all right, well, that's Point Break. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll we'll be back, and I will I will have watched uh, Bad Boys Two for the first time, and I I, sh- I should I feel like it's important to point out I have seen neither Bad Boys nor Bad Boys Two, but I will not be watching Bad Boys. I will only be watching Bad Boys Two. Much like Nicholas Angel himself, who uh, did not have the context of the first Bad Boys when watching. And I have, and I have seen both Bad Boys movies, and I told him that is fine. (laughs) I told him that is an okay choice. Fantastic. Um, So yeah, we're gonna watch Bad Boys two for our next hiatus special, and uh, and then after that, I think we're gonna we're gonna sort of like put together some other ones. So if you have suggestions for other movies that we should cover that are sort of, um, you know, used as uh, as as reference fuel and, reference, and, and yeah. yeah reference fuel and inspiration and hot fuzz, uh, let us know in our in the Cornetto Minute listener pub on Facebook or yeah. on our Twitter uh, at Cornetto Minute. Just uh, reach out and say like, hey, maybe you should think about doing this. Um, whatever whatever movies you want to do. Uh, whatever, whatever you think that would be good for these, uh, hiatus specials. And then, 
Uh, and then, you know, eventually we'll be back talking about uh, Hot Fuzz uh, a minute at a time. That'll be that's going to be fun. I'm excited about that. I like it. It's fun. It's it's more. I'll say it. It's more fun to say than than Shaun of the Dead minute. It's true. It's true. Hot Fuzz minute. Just snappier. Yeah, it's true. It is. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you in a little while with our next hiatus special for Bad Boys 2. Bye, everybody. Via Condias. Yeah, father,